And, um, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Um, how to listen to a sermon or more properly titled expository listening. Uh, because there's, there, there's, uh, there's a lot to really hearing what the Word of God is saying through a sermon. Now, when I say sermon, I want to qualify. In, in the text of, of this lesson or the next couple, however it turns out to be, uh, I am talking about biblical sermons. Alright? I am not talking about what is so common today that's, that's called preaching that's really not preaching or, or sermons that's really not a sermon to where uh, you know a man stands behind a pulpit and he takes a text and, and the only thing he does is uses that as a launching pad to, to say what he wants to say. Now that's not a biblical sermon. That, that may be a good public speech or public address, but that's not a biblical sermon. Uh, when, when, when you preach a biblical sermon, the text determines what the preacher says. Okay, and I want you to, I want that to sink in. And that's one reason that I am so high on expository preaching. What, what is expository preaching? Expository preaching is where you take a text in the Word of God and you expound upon that text. In other words, you tell the meaning of the text, kind of like they did back in Nehemiah's day. We'll talk about, you know, uh, before, before this is done. And so when you, when you take a text and you expound on the meaning of the text, then the Bible dictates what the, what the preacher says. So if you, if you uh, are engaged in expository preaching, you're, you're not flying all over the country and, and uh, you know, grabbing a little of this and a little of that you know, and compiling it together and, and, and calling it a, a Bible-based message. And um, expository preaching is different than topical preaching. Most preachers are topical preachers. But there's only so much you can say about the subject of sin. You know, there's only so much you can say about any, any particular subject or topic you know, without, you know, re- repeating uh, yourself sermon after sermon after sermon. But when you engage in expository preaching, then the whole Bible is a book of sermons. And so, so when I talk about sermon in the context of these lessons, I'm talking about biblical preaching now. I'm not talking about somebody ranting or, uh, again, just taking a text and using that as a launching pad to go whatever direction the Spirit, you know, takes them. 
you know, and so and the most effective preaching, in my opinion, is, is expository preaching. And because it opens up the word of the Lord. And, um, and, and it, is the, it is the preaching of the word that connects with the faith of the listener. That, that makes preaching a very powerful entity. Amen? I, I want to use one verse of Scripture here. Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 15. Where Jesus is, is uh, talking to the Pharisees. And in verse number 15, He simply says this. He that has ears to hear let him hear he that has ears to hear let him hear so truly hearing a sermon demands more than just hearing with the ears it's more than just attending church service and participating in worship. And then we hear a sermon. It, it is much deeper than that. To be able to listen in an expository manner. And by that I mean you are hearing. You are understanding the context. And you are allowing the Spirit to give understanding as to the application in your personal life requires that the heart and the mind be ready to hear and listen. Now I want to make a distinction here because there is a difference between hearing And listening. You hear a lot of things all day long. Without listening to to them. So to to really hear and, and listen. That is thinking and praying. Following the argument of the message. Concentrating on the meaning and the application to your life requires hard work. I want to lay that as a foundation. It requires hard work because because notice what you're engaged in. When you are really listening To the preached word of God, you're thinking. When you are thinking, that takes the entertainment aspect out of preaching. Now here's what we've done in the last 50 years. We've made preaching a form of entertainment. And so what we do is we come to the house of the Lord or we go to camp meeting or we go to general conference or 
we go to other conferences and and uh, and and a lot of times, you know, one of the first questions asked, you know, before we, uh, you know, before we make plans to go to one of these venues, is who's preaching. In other words, we've made it such an entertainment that it's also a popularity contest. You know, and 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 I, and I prove this. You know, if if it was announced that uh, you know next Saturday night that. Um, um, Brother Stone King, you know, is going to be preaching in Montgomery. Oh, we got to go. We got to go. We got to make plans to go there. But if it was announced that next Saturday night, uh, Philip Trawick was preaching in Birmingham, they're like, nah, I, don't, I don't know about that. You know... I hear him all the time or others, well, I've heard him before. And we we have made it a form of entertainment. So when you engage with the preached word, that there's thinking going on. And again, that takes the entertainment aspect out of it. Because if you look at entertained... When you look at the the uh, the etymology of the word, it has to do with without thinking. In other words, when you sit down and you know you watch some old video that don't mean one thing, you know you are being entertained. That means your mind is not engaged in what's going on. If they crack a joke, you laugh or. You know, whatever the case may be. But but your mind is not engaged. That's the reason they call it entertainment. It has nothing to do with, with the thinking or the thought processes of the mind. And so so when you engage to, to, to hear and to listen, then, then you've got to be thinking. What, what's he saying? What's he talking about? You, you have got to be praying. Lord, help me to receive. You've got to be following the argument of the message. So if, if there is a theme of the message or, or the biblical context, you have got to be following the argument. That requires thinking. Not only are you following the argument, but you are concentrating on the meaning of the text. What is he saying this means? And, and if it's expository preaching, then you know, usually you, you, know, you, you may give some background information, you know, some, some history behind. You know, the, the subject and the history behind what was written and why it, it was written. And so, so you are, 
you're concentrating on the meaning. And in, a, in the den of all of that, then there is this thing that's called the application to your individual life. Amen. Now I've heard people say, you know, you, you go to church and you, you, know, you hear uh, a sermon preached and you know, if, if it's for you that night, you take it. And if it's not for you, you just listen to it and, you know, and, and let the chips fall where they're made. But let me tell you something. Here's what I believe. I believe that every Bible message that is preached is for everybody in the congregation. Amen. I heard somebody say the other day, you know, God, God has given them messages to preach, and, and, but yet they would withhold it if, if the house wasn't full. Well, I'm going to save this one to preach for a better time, and, you know, a bigger crowd. And, 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 and the, the, the man said, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. If God gives you something to preach, He gives it to you to preach to whoever's there. It's not for those that were not there. Because God in His sovereignty, He knew to begin with who would be there and who wouldn't be there. So you got no business sitting on a message because the house is not full. God knew it wouldn't be full when when He gave it to you to preach. And so I believe that every Bible message is for everybody that's in attendance. Now here, here's what you, what you have to do. Is, is you have to focus on the application to your life. You as an individual. So again, to hear and listen. That is thinking and praying and following the argument. Concentrating on the meaning and the application to your life. Again, require hard work. It's not something that you just, that happens haphazardly. Because here, here's what we do again. Because we have reduced the act of preaching to uh, a form of entertainment. Then, but if it's something, if that message is something that excites my emotions, it was a good sermon. And we'll, and we'll be glad to tell the preacher, oh, that was a good sermon tonight. Good job. Woo! It excited everybody. Good job. But every message from God is not to excite. There are messages to convict. There are messages to correct. There are messages to to exhort and and to edify. And uh, but but what we have to do is we have to determine what is the application of this to. My individual life. You know, I've heard people jokingly say, well, that was a good message, but, but uh, you know, and that was for them in the back. So, so when, it, when it was falling around me, I was just shoveling it on back because they're the ones back there that need it. 
No, it's for everybody in the house. And you have to determine the application to your individual life. So, so listen, hearing only is not hard. Hearing is a passive exercise requiring little more from you than properly functioning ears. That's all is required to hear. No exercise. It, it's a passive endeavor. You know, just as long as you can hear, you have properly functioning ears, you can hear, that's all is required. But to listen, really listen, is not as easy as it sounds. That takes a little more work. That takes a little more concentration. So in the context of how to listen to a, a sermon, there, there are three essential elements that are required for expository listening. And without one of these three elements, you are not listening to a preached message. And so the three, the three essential elements that are required are this. Number one, mental alertness. Your mind must be actively involved or engaged to listen. You must listen to the words spoken and understand their meaning in context. And this requires mental alertness. You got to be aware. You've got to, you know, to hear again it is a passive endeavor. But to listen, that's something that you do intentionally. You listen. I've, I've told people for years when people speak, I listen, I don't just hear. I listen to the words that they use. I, I try to determine how, how they use that word in the context in, in which they are speaking. Because just in casual conversation, people will tell you a lot if you'll listen. That's right. In fact, if you engage in conversation and you listen... It won't take you but about five minutes to find where their heart is. Because they'll tell you if you will listen. So to listen requires mental alertness. And, and it's impossible. It's impossible to really listen if your mind is not functioning properly because of a lack of proper rest or any other list of reasons why your mind would not be functioning properly. So you, you have to listen. It's hard work. The same mental alertness used to engage in conversation with anyone else is the same as is needed to engage with the sermon. And engaging... The sermon is engaging with God. Amen. And we'll get into that more at a later time. But you need to understand that engaging the sermon is engaging with God. 
And you have to listen and listen. Listening requires mental alertness. I've got to be aware of what's happening. I've got to be aware of what's being said. The words that are used in context. What, what, what are they meaning? What, is the, what, what am I hearing? And it requires mental, mental alertness. Amen. The second requirement for expository listening is focused attention. See, it kind of gets kind of gets harder and harder. Mentally alert, and then focused attention. You you must have the discipline of mind to focus your attention on what is being preached. Now here's here's the thing. It is impossible to receive anything from God when the mind is not focused upon what is being said. So you've got to have focused attention. So if your if your mind is out here somewhere you know, there, there's going to be something said that God could have used to help fix your problem. But because your attention is not focused, it's out there somewhere. It's on the ball game or the birthday party or the vacation or the fishing trip or whatever. Here, listen, in order to receive what God has for you in any Bible message... You have got to not just bring your body in the house of God. You've got to bring your mind in here with you with mental alertness and focused attention upon what's being said. So again, it's impossible to receive anything from God when the mind is not focused upon what's being said. This is no different than any other verbal engagement. Without focusing your attention upon what another person is saying, you cannot engage in conversation. Have you ever engaged in conversation and you knew that, that, that the person that you were speaking with, that they weren't focused on what you were saying? Amen. Irritating, ain't it? Well, it's irritating to the preacher too. To have to go through the process. And, and, and we'll talk about that later. Because you have to go through a process. To be able to receive just as the preacher has to go through a process to be able to give. You know, there have been times I've, you know, talking to my wife. I don't get a response and I look. She's not even engaged in what I'm saying. You know, and, she, and, and finally she'll say, oh, what did you say? I'm like, I, cows are flying outside. Not, no engagement. So it is easy, I will admit, 
It's easy for the mind to momentarily wander. But if the mind is not apprehended during the wandering, it won't be long before you'll be in a state of daydreaming. You know, and, and you've been here. But you hadn't been here before. Amen. You, you've been here, and, and the preaching is going forth, but you're wondering what so-and-so's posting on Facebook. or I wonder how many likes I got from that last post that I made. And, or are you plowing the corn? Or are you cutting the grass? Or are you cooking dinner? Or you're at work? and you, You've got all, all of this stuff. That, that's going on because you're in a state. Your mind has wandered. It's strayed. And now you're in a state of daydreaming. And you can usually determine that state. That's the reason I don't look over people's heads when I'm preaching. Because you can determine that state. When they're daydreaming, they get that thousand yard stare. They, you know, they call people that's in, been in hard combat, that's been traumatized emotionally because of it. They just, they're in a state of shock and they just stare off into space. You know, they call it that thousand yard stare. You get that thousand yard stare in church too. It goes something like this. What'd you do? You just shocked them back in the state of the present. Or sometimes what I do is just get quiet. Then it's like, I'm not hearing, oh, I'm not hearing anything. What's... Or if you get to the point that, you know, you just can't take it any longer and, and, and we get the old, the old nods. I just get quiet. You know what it is? We don't have focused attention. And you say, well, well, I'm tired. I, I get that. I, I get that. I get tiredness of the body. I get tiredness of the mind. And that's why you need to go through a, a preparation that we'll talk about later, uh, even before you get to the house of God. But I'm talking about three essential elements that's got to be present for you to be able to listen. And that is mental alertness, that is focused attention. And, and the third one is a spiritually receptive heart. You must prepare yourself spiritually to properly listen to a message. Listen, you, you can't just run in off the street, you know, change clothes real quick, jump in the car, let's go to church, and we get to the house of God, and, you know, we have a song, we pray for people, and we take our prayer requests, and, and, and then on, on Wednesday night, well, we'll just, you know, we, we'll just hear Get, I am using a play on words. We'll, we'll just hear a Bible study and now, bless God, I hope I can stay awake for it, you know, and until it's all said and done. And, you know, and, and then, and that's it. That's it. But, but 
But when there is no mental alertness, there's no focused attention, and there's no spiritually receptive heart, you might as well not even be here. Now, I'm not telling you to stay home. I'm just saying for all the good that it has done you, you might as well not even be here. Because God hasn't helped you. The only thing you've done is just showed up for Bible study. Check that box. I got that one this week. Or you just showed up for Sunday. But, but as far as being helped by God, you had not been helped by God. You've just gone through, through a process. So if the preacher must engage in spiritual preparation, so, so must the, so must the, the listener. Okay. All right, my time's getting short. So what does the spiritual preparation of the preacher look like? Here, here's somewhat of the process. The preacher must engage in intense study of the Bible. Now listen to what I'm saying. Intense study of the Bible. When, when, you're, when you are engaged in an intense study of the Bible... That means you're not just thumbing through the pages of the Bible to find something to preach. And sometimes I hear preaching, I think that's about, that's about the extent of it. Just thumbing through the pages. Just to find something to preach. That's, that's not intense engaging or in study of, uh, of the Bible. But the preacher has got to listen for the voice of the Spirit to connect. With the word of God. Alright? So it goes without it goes without saying, but the preacher must engage in prayer. A preacher can't preach without prayer. He can get up and tell a story or or, or he can get up and you know, spout some stuff, you know, the what I call the the uh, the apostolic pablum. You know, all the pet phrases to get the emotions of people, you know, going strung up so that, and sometimes if we're not, if they're not careful, that can be a cover for a lack of intense study of the word and a lack of prayer. But if I can say all the right things and all the right phrases and say it just right and get the decibels, you know, to, to the level that, you know, that nobody can hear what I'm saying or what I'm not saying. But in order to preach a Bible message, the preacher's got to spend time in intense study of the Word. He's got to pray. Then, there must be meditation on the Word. There's got to be fasting. All these elements work together to prepare the preacher to preach. So I'm telling you, preaching is much more than just standing behind the pulpit and declaring a, a Bible lesson or a sermon to whatever degree. It's much deeper than that. It's much more work than that. So the listener must prepare to receive the preached word. So what, what does this preparation involve? 
If, if the preacher's got to engage in intense study of the Bible, and he's got to pray, and he's got to listen to the voice of the Spirit, and he's got to meditate on that Word, he's got to fast so, so that he can keep his flesh under the control of the Spirit of God, what does the preparation for the listener look like? Well, like the preacher, the listener must pray. You got to pray, or you're not going to be able to hear the voice of God through the preached word. You, you must engage in prayer to clear away all the carnal clutter that connects to your mind and spirit throughout the day. Now, one doesn't purposely connect to and drag around this carnal clutter. It's a consequence of living in a sinful world. I call it the barnacles of the mind and the spirit. They're no different than the barnacles that attach themselves to the hull of the ship passing through the waters. These barnacles build up enough and can impede the movement of the ship. And so periodically, periodically the ship must be brought into dry dock and the barnacles cleaned away. So it is with your heart and mind before you can receive the Word of God, carnal clutter must be stripped away. It's got to be taken care of. When you come to the house of God, even on Bible study, the carnal clutter of the world has got to be left outside. It's got to be cleared away. And so meditation on God, meditation on His Word, and the things of God, as well as pre-service prayer, is what will clear the barnacles of the mind and spirit away. I'm going to just tell you about, about me. This is me. I, I, I work a public job. But all day Wednesday, my mind is focused on one thing. That's what I'm doing right now. It's focused on worship to God. It's not focused on paying bills. It's not focused on getting the carpet cleaned. It's not focused on getting the oil changed in the car. It's not focused on buying groceries for the weekend. It's not focused on, on all of this. Uh, it's focused on one thing and one thing only. And that is the will of God for this service. Amen. That's where my mind has been all day today. Saturday is spent in preparation. Final preparation. Not beginning preparation. But final preparation for Sunday. Amen. And, and if I have to do that to be able to deliver what God wants delivered, you've got to do that to be able to receive what God wants you to receive.
Because I, I will, I'll tell you, you don't receive from God by accident. Or by luck of the draw. It's an intentional process that you go through to be able to hear what, the, what God is saying through the preached Word of God. It's an intentional process. And so, so you know, when, when you start heading to the house of God, that'd be a great time to start getting your mind ready. Be a great time to start praying. Be a great time to start meditating on the Word of God. What God wants to do. Be a great time to start asking the Lord, now help me to clear away all of this junk that I have dealt with today and I've dealt with this week. Help me to clear all of that stuff away from my mind and my spirit so so that I can worship you in spirit and in truth. And that helps to prepare me to receive what you intend for me to receive from your word this day and help me to understand and help me to apply what needs to be applied to my life. When that happens, amen, you come into the house of God ready to worship God, ready to engage with the preached Word of God so that you can respond accordingly. God can work in you and you take that and apply to your everyday life. Amen. See, God never intended the preaching of the Word to go forth. And those who were hearers or listeners just get up and leave. And say, well, that was a good sermon, or well, it didn't make sense today. It it may not have made sense because you were not ready for that today. You understand what I'm saying? Because if you come into the house of God in in, in the wrong state and in, in an unprepared state, listen, this is not in my notes. But before those priests went into the holy place to minister before the Lord, they went through a cleansing process before they dared step through the door into the holy place to to change the showbread and, and to put the frankincense and the spices on the showbread. Or, or to take some of those spices and offer it on the altar of incense. Or, or to fill the, the, the lampstand with, with, with fresh olive oil so that the light was continually burning. It was a continual light in the house of God. Before they dared step in to minister before the Lord, they went through a cleansing process so that they were ready to worship. So that they were ready to minister. And you say, well, that, that was the priest. But the New Testament tells me that that the redeemed people of God are kings and priests unto the Lord. And so if they went through that process, listen, 
it, if we're not careful, we, we can have such disregard for the things of God, even the preach Word of God. Because in, in our culture, in Western civilization, in, in our culture, we somehow we just, we've been taught or we've just, uh, we've just grown to think that, you know, if I'm with it tonight, that's, you know, that's good. If I'm not with it tonight, God understands and He knows. He knows my heart. And yeah, He does know, all right. He, he knows you could have planned and you could have cleansed yourself and you could have got the barnacles of mind and spirit off of you so that you could receive what He wants you to receive. So yes, He, he does know. And, and then we develop the attitude that, well, that's all okay with God. It's all alright with the Lord. But it's not all alright with the Lord. Because the God of the Bible that declared that attention should be given to detail when it comes to service to the Lord is the same God of the Bible that requires attention to detail to redeem people today. Amen. 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 Does this make sense this evening? So not, not enough can be said about the effect of pre-service prayer on the mind and the spirit of the listener. Just can't say enough about it. Pre, pre-service prayer is more than, than just you know, coming to the house of the Lord and, and uh, you know, two or three minutes, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll pray and 25 minutes, you know, before service, we'll just, you know, we'll talk, ham it up, chat it up, see what everybody's been doing for the week. No, no, that, that entire 30 minutes that we set aside it is to be used in getting ready to engage with God. Because that's what we do here. That, that's what we're supposed to do in any apostolic service. We're engaging with God from the beginning all the way to the end. We're engaging with God in our worship. In our worship, we are engaging with Him. In, in the, and, and that sets the stage for the preached Word of God where we further engage with God, for God to take that word and deal with the issues of my heart, my spirit, my life, so that there is something out of every message that I can take away and ask God to help me. Now, your word says this, and I hadn't been doing that. And I'm asking you to help me start doing that. Your, your word says for me to think this way, and I hadn't been thinking that way. So I'm asking you to help me to apply this to my life so that I can begin to think in the manner that your word has instructed me to think. Your, your preached word told me that I've got to forgive those that offended me. And 
that if I don't forgive those that offended me, then there's a good chance you're not going to forgive me of my trespasses either. And I need my trespasses forgiven. So I'm asking you to help me to forgive those that have offended me. Because with, with every, every Bible sermon that, that goes across this pulpit, there should be incremental growth in God's people. Incremental growth. Incremental growth. Here a little, there a little. Line upon line, precept upon precept, it all builds one on another. Level after level after level after level. That's the, the, it's the same idea when Paul told the, the, the Romans, the Roman church and in, in Romans 1, 16 and 17 when he said, well, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to, to, the, to the Greek for herein is revealed uh, the righteousness of God as it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know, it, it's the same concept there. Faith from faith to faith, from faith to faith. Amen. From glory to glory, the Bible says it, it's a process. And so every time I hear the word of God, there should be incremental growth in me. But but that growth is not going to take place if I have not prepared myself to receive the word of God. If I don't have mental alertness, if I don't have focused attention, if I don't have a spiritually receptive heart, and I hadn't cleansed myself before I get to the house of God, listen, I set myself up for failure. I'm talking about how to listen to a sermon. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to experience failure because of my lack of attention. Amen? Amen. I want to hear what God has to say to me. I don't care who's preaching it. If it's the Word of God, now it don't take much to determine whether it's a word of God or, or, or whether, whether it is not. And I have very little time. I have very little time to spend, you know, for people just to try to get me in emotional straits to where I just want to tear things up, you know, because of the feelings of, of the emotions, because the right cliches were said at the right time. I'm telling you, that is not Bible preaching. That's right. Amen. And personally, I have very little tolerance for it. You know, I want to I hear the Word of God. But I want to hear it through somebody who has prepared themselves. 
Because I am going to prepare myself to hear. And I expect you to have prepared yourself to deliver to me what thus saith the word of the Lord. I want to be saved and I want to grow. Amen. 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 My time is gone. I really wanted to get into uh, passage in, in, uh, in Proverbs where Solomon encouraged his son and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll look at this next time uh, because he encouraged his son to, to listen in a particular manner. And, and again, it, it's a process. It's not always easy, you know, and, and, and you have to get your mind together. You know, to to properly listen, but that's what I want to do. I don't want to just hear the word; I want to do the word. We'll we'll talk about that at, at a future time. That you know, you you can't do what you haven't really heard or really listened to. And and the Bible is very emphatic. You don't just listen, but God intended for you to do. What, what you hear. I, I want to hear the Word of God properly. Amen. I want to know how to listen to a sermon. Amen. And I listen to a lot of sermons. But I, wanna, I want to engage in the Word of God even when I am hearing or listening to the preached Word of God. Amen. Amen. God